you're listening to the Skiff Podcast. On today's episode, Skiff Senior Hospitality Editor Sean O'Neill and Skiff Research Senior Research Analyst Pranavi Argawal break down the end-of-year earnings of the big hotel groups, how they are trending with the pandemic recovery, and they discuss reasons for optimism in the industry despite general fears of inflation and recession across the economy. For more like this and the latest news in hotels, visit skiff.com. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome, everyone, to a special edition of the Skiff Travel Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Pranavi. Hi, Sean. Uh, it's, it's been hotel season has just ended, and you and I were talking about it, and uh, we, we sort of agreed we should do a podcast to cover the highlights, think about the outlook for the year, and uh, look at some key industry metrics. Um, so let's dive in. Um, Pranavi, you've been following hotel earnings for some years now as an analyst. From your perspective in London, uh, what jumped out at you? Yeah, I'm happy to start with kind of an overview of the um, full year earnings season. So overall, you know, very, very solid reporting. You know, there were EBITDA beats um, across the board to the most part. Um, So the companies beat kind of analyst consensus as well as previous guidance that was given by the companies um, at the Q3 earnings. Um, So, yeah, very solid uh, reporting. Um, And then in terms of kind of commentary, uh, I thought management, they continue to portray a very positive tone, um, positive outlook for, for 2023. But, you know, this isn't really anything new for the hotel companies. <clears throat> you know, we've seen pretty strong reporting um, through most of last year. Uh, but the difference, I think, is that last year, the companies, uh, sorry, the markets didn't really give the companies much credit for kind of all these strong numbers they were reporting. You know, last <laughs> year, yeah, <laughs> last year, there was um, there was a lot of kind of fears around looming recession, Inflation was skyrocketing. It was it was it was very uncertain. Um, but this year, you know, it's it's a different story. The hotel stocks have had a real strong run before the companies have even reported. You know, they're up kind of 20, 30 percent in the first kind of month and a half of um, of, of this year. Um, uh, that that run has moderated a little bit. Um, but it just, I think, goes to show that investors were expecting strong results. They're seeing that demand for travel is staying very resilient despite the macroeconomic headwinds out there. And, you know, the Q4 results um, showed that there was quarterly recovery across most regions besides China. China actually took a bit of a step back. Um, but, you know, Asia Pacific, ex-China in particular, saw um, a big step up between Q3 and Q4. Um, and that was kind of led by strong rates. Um, and that's kind of similar to what we've seen in the US and Europe last year when they were in the recovery phase. So the kind of following that playbook of what we've seen in, in the US. Um and then within the U.S. in, in itself, um, we saw kind of quarter on quarter recovery there as well. And I think there were some fears that, you know, the U.S. is fully recovered. RevPAR is above 2019 levels. Um, now there's going to be a big recession hit. But um, mm. yeah, yeah, in Q in Q4, we saw um, U.S. also, um, you know, have a step up in RevPAR uh, versus Q3. Um, and that was led by both occupancy and, and rate. Um and then, yeah, leisure continues to kind of lead the recovery as we've seen, you know, throughout much of, you know, much of COVID. Um, but importantly, I think, um, is that Hilton and IHG both reported that business transient demand had fully recovered in the U.S. 
And I think that's a really important milestone um, because it really goes to show and it, it really it really dispels fears out there that, that, that there would be a permanent impairment to business travel post-COVID. And that's not really happened. And, you know, I remember in 2020 when... <clears throat> You know, all these stocks, you know, RevPAR was down like 80% or whatever, and the stock was down, you know, 80%. Um, the, the key question is, is business travel going to recover? And I think that kind of held back the stock a little bit. But, you know, we've, we're at that point where it has fully recovered. So, no, there isn't, you know, there hasn't been a permanent impairment. Um, and then, you know, group demand as well saw the biggest quarterly improvement in Q4 um, that we've seen throughout the COVID recovery. You know, RevPAR is above 2019 levels. That's again led by rates. Um, but, you know, there's further demand kind of growth to come into, into 2023. And then, and then I would talk about unit growth. So just kind of ticking off all the key metrics that I would look for in, in results. Um, so yeah, unit growth, that was fairly in line with what was guided. You know, Hilton and Accor kind of missed their guidance a little bit, but that was mainly due to China. Um, and I think importantly, most companies have guided to an acceleration in unit growth into into 2023. And, and that's really, that's really important. Um, and it's really being led by conversion activity. That's really the name of the game. Um, you know, that continues to be strong. You know, we're entering into 2023. It's a high interest rate environment. You know, inflation is still high. Cost of construction is still high. Um, and it's difficult for independent hotels to get financing. Um, and we're seeing this kind of flight to quality, flight to safety towards the branded hotels. Um, and, you know, conversion activity has been really strong and management of these hotel companies expect that to continue into 2023. Um, I think one stat I would pull out is that Hilton said that 24% of their gross openings uh, were from conversions and they expect that to go up to 30%. So that's quite a you know significant mm. step up. Um, and, you know, we can talk about Spark. They've launched this new 100% conversion brand in the kind of premium economy mid-scale segment called Spark. You know, we can talk a bit about that later. Um, but generally, yeah, I think guidance for 2023 as well was pretty robust. Um, even if you include a slowdown in the second half of the year, um, you know, we know that hotel companies like to guide conservatively. So, I, you know, we can expect them to kind of beat guidance and raise guidance throughout the year. Um, mm. And, you know, we can talk more about that in the shape of recovery. That's, you know, that is the million dollar question, really. Yeah. I mean, I think so to your point, uh, you know, this was one of the most previewed hotel earnings seasons uh, in, in many years uh, because a lot of executives were offering hints and guidance um, in the weeks ahead because so many people had been worried about uh, recession. And I, I would say, you know, listening this year to both uh, so many analysts, you know, on these earnings calls, I have to say, I really, I love your clarity and your eloquence and sort of very concisely summing up what the the uh, key points are and the mood music is there, Pranavi. Um, I, I guess, I guess one question I keep kept hearing from analysts is, will the recovery continue? And you sort of touched on that, but what maybe draw out your point there about uh, what you think will happen with the recovery? Yeah, I mean that's the key question, really, isn't it? Um, um, I guess the first thing I noticed when kind of um, the results kind of hit hit the websites was that um, the companies have stopped giving guidance versus 2019 levels. So that's a sign in itself that we're coming into a more kind of normalized world, um, mm. kind of post-COVID mm. that perhaps we're not, we're not so much in this recovery stage, you know, we're, we're there kind of, you know, um, especially the, you know, US focused companies. Um, mm. And the, yeah, I think general commentary around guidance, 
was that 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 in into the second half of 2023 we're going to enter into this moderate recessionary environment i, I think that's that's exactly what Chris Nassetta, CEO of Hilton, said, um, that, you know, we will see some plateauing of RevPAR growth rates and kind of ADR. So that's average daily rate. So, so prices um, um, into the second half of 2023. So there will be a slowdown. Um, and those kind of growth rates that we saw in 2022, those will kind of moderate and those will plateau. Um, and I think um, one thing that I would kind of also point out was that kind of the impression I got from the commentary was that in 2022, the recovery was really led by strong rates, strong ADR. Um, you know, that was really due to low levels of supply, um, high compression in the market, and then also really high inflation rates, obviously. Um, but into, the, into 2023, the 2023 recovery will be more balanced uh, between occupancy and rates. And as occupancy kind of recovers to pre-pandemic levels, um, we will see rates rise in line with that. That's kind of simple kind of supply demand. But it won't be as high as the kind of rate growth we saw in 2022. Um, and, you know, some of that has to do with inflation levels moderating this year, um, but also you know, we will see that occupancy come back, capacity will come back into the market, there won't be as much compression. Um, so we, we will see kind of occupancy and rates recover more on a kind of one to one correlation, which is what we normally see in recoveries. Um, you know, 2022 was a slight um, oddity in the fact that, you know, rates recovered much earlier than, than occupancy. So we are kind of in going to see a bit more kind of normalized levels of recovery. And I, I think, I think to be honest, the market really appreciated that commentary. I appreciated that commentary um, <laughs> because, um, I mean, I think last last year the management were going on, were, were, were reporting really, really strong numbers, but the market just wasn't incorporating that into the stock price because, you know, there was fears of recession and that really battered the stocks. Um, but <laughs> you know, you know, this year I think I think investors have really appreciated that they've accepted that yes, there is going to be a moderate recessionary environment, but that the companies will have a soft landing. Um, you know, you know, they will see RevPAR growth into 2023, even as we enter a recession, which is unlike any recession we've seen in the past. Um, <laughs> and I think, I think, I think guidance for this year was pretty solid. Um, and it's, it's really, it's been liked by the markets. Um, and I, th I think the main thing to realize is that there won't be a 10 to 15% drop in RevPAR because, you know, occupancy is still down versus pre-COVID um, and there's still demand recovery to go, even if rates have kind of increased, um, you know, 10, 20% above, above 2019. Um, and I think, um, you know, I think there's still tailwinds for growth, um, you know, further COVID recovery from business travel, group travel, cross-border travel, particularly from Asia. So those all offer tailwinds for growth. Um, and, you know, this is unlike any other recession we have seen in the past. Um, um, you know, unemployment rates are the lowest they've been in kind of half a century. So people still have jobs, still have savings. That wasn't really the case in kind of 2008, 2009. And, and then there's also the long term shift from uh, consumer spending on goods um, kind of shifting to experiences. And that's really kept travel spending pretty resilient, um, even as, you know, consumer wallets get squeezed. Um, inflation rates are high. Cost of living has gone up. We've seen that people have prioritized travel, um, um, which is kind of really unlike what we've seen in previous recessions. So lots of reasons to be optimistic. Um, and then if you just kind of, I guess I would just kind of finish with saying that 
if you just kind of look if you look at the guidance by by company um you can kind of see which companies will benefit the most um um because you know exposure to different chain scales and regions will really matter in 2023 um kind of in terms of where the biggest uplift will come from i think those companies that are skewed to asia and luxury will see the biggest uplift um and that's companies like hyatt accor marriott um and if you just look at the look at the guidance for full year 2023 revpar um you know hilton guided to 4 to 8% year on year growth um choice which is very domestic skewed in the us guided to just 2% growth um and you compare that to hyatt which guided to 10 to 15% growth so that's almost double what hilton has seen um so though hyatt was um kind of held back in the recovery it was a bit of a laggard um you know now is the time those con- those companies that are skewed to asia are really going to shine um so yeah i would you know i would be very interested to look at kind of marriott accor hyatt's results um you know even ihg ihg is the most skewed to china within these within its peer set so these are companies where you might see um where you might see the kind of biggest growth rates in- into 2023 hmm that's really fascinating especially that that comparison there but the revenue per available room which is such a key industry metric For this podcast we're focusing on the major hotel groups uh, but I do want to point out for listeners that many hotel real estate investment trusts or REITs also reported results and my colleague Alan Winski who is the editor of the Daily Lodging Report newsletter said that the picture at REITs has been a little more mixed in for the C corps um host hotels which is arguably the biggest in the sector um its margins were below expectations partly because they're playing catch up on a lot of renovations at properties that uh, I mean if you've stayed at some properties I I know I have Pranavi you know there's there's some upkeep that's has been delayed and the pandemic needs to be done um and so in the asset light model uh it's the REITs that sort of bear that and so um host guidance was described by analysts soft um uh, according to my my colleague Allen and uh uh we're not going to get into the reads here but you know for coverage of host pebblebrook and so others and get a comprehensive view i'll make my plug here for listeners to subscribe to the daily lodging report newsletter and get a comprehensive look so pranavi back to the major hotel groups i'd like if i can to ask a, a big picture question please where do you think we are in the cycle lodging tends to be cyclical so are we at the beginning or the middle or the end of the bull and the bear Yeah, yes, yes, that is a good question. Um travel is a discretionary consumer spend item and it is certainly cyclical. And I think pre-COVID kind of 2019, we were pretty late in the cycle. Um but as we enter into 2023, I think it's a little bit more complicated. Um and I don't think you can just I don't think you can really compare to previous downturns or previous cycles because we are in this unique position of still being in a covid recovery phase um and I think the the extent of how much people's priorities have changed um towards travels and um you, you know towards travel that's kind of unlike what we've seen in the past so it's it is a little bit different um you know this recession is is very different to kind of anything we might have seen in the past um like i said before and i kind of agree with you know what management of these companies have said in the us i do think there will be some slowdown in kind of h2 of 2023 
you know, you might see a little bit more domestic travel. You might see some more down trading to mid-scale segments. Um, and, you know, we've seen in previous recessions that mid-scale tends to be the most resilient during recessions. So I kind of do expect that to happen again this time around. Um, and, you know, if the U.S. is hit with a recession, that will impact companies like Accor. Um, you know, I recently spoke to Alex Schellenberger, who's the chief brand officer of Accor, um, of the premium and luxury segment. And he said that, um, you know, they get more inbound from U.S. than they do from Asia. So if there is a recession in the U.S. and travel does skew inherently kind of more to, to domestic um, locations, that would impact companies like Accor as well. Um, so I think, yeah, that we will see some slowdown. And I think we do have to be cognizant of that fact. But again, I think there's lots of reasons to be to be optimistic. You know, there's still a lot of pent up demand. I know everyone's kind of sick of hearing that phrase, but, you know, there is still a lot of, <laughs> yeah, um, there is still a lot of pent up demand. You know, people still have savings um, and people do want to travel. Um, and, you know, I think I think travel is inherently a luxury consumer item. Um you know, um, you know, if you look at um, kind of data out there, it shows that um, uh, more than 50% of spend on lodging in the US comes from the top quintile of income earners. So, you know, it is skewed towards um, those higher income earners and those people aren't as um, affected by inflation and cost of living. And so travel is something that will stay resilient, especially since there is so much demand for travel at the moment. Um, and, you know, kind of speaking about luxury, I think it's very, luxury is a very interesting topic. Um, and it's very interesting to look mm. at luxury versus kind of 08, 09. Um, and I think we're seeing this catch up happening, both in terms of luxury pricing and luxury unit growth. Um, um, you know, I think if you, you know, if, if you've stayed at any resorts um, over the last year um, or two, you, you, you might have noticed that luxury pricing has really gone through the roof, kind of up, you know, 30% almost above 2019 levels. Um, um, and I think the question is, is this pricing going to be sustainable? Um, and, you know, I think Hyatt have spoken to the fact that they're seeing a great pricing reset in luxury. And that's because post 08, 09, um, you know, luxury, both luxury unit growth and luxury pricing um, pretty much stagnated. Um, and, you know, that's catching up now. And I think a, a lot of that strength is is here to stay. Um, and, you know, we're really seeing companies like Hyatt, Marriott, um, Accor really go after that luxury traveler. I think IHG said at Q4 that 20% of their pipeline was in luxury and lifestyle. Um, so really going after uh, after that luxury traveler. Yeah, so picking up on that point that pricing strength is here to stay, I, I, it reminds me that uh, IHG CEO Keith Barr, he said in the earnings call that pricing power is here to stay. Um, and his brands like Holiday Inn and Six Senses, uh, they run the gamut. You were mentioning heavily about luxury, but across all of them, the average daily rates in the fourth quarter were 13% above um, pre-pandemic levels. Um, and Barr thought that pricing would continue to outpace inflation this year. Um, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think, yes, ADR rates are up kind of, you know, 10, 20% above 2019 levels. But if you break that down by chain scale, um, really, it's only luxury, which has seen any real pricing. So pricing above inflation rates. Um, and, you know, like I've said before, you know, much of that is due to the catch up post 08, 09, whilst the other chain scales so upscale, mid scale economy 
um, their their pricing growth rate has been in line with inflation. So we haven't really we haven't seen any real inflation in those chain scale. So we haven't seen any real pricing there. Um, so there is scope for further growth there for sure. And you know, inflation rates are expected to drop heavily this year. Um, and you know, like I said before, yes, ref par is above 2019. But if you break that down between occupancy and rate, yes, rates are up, but occupancy is still down. So as that demand catches up, um, you know, you would expect rates to rise in uh, in in line with that. Um, and so yeah, we can yeah we can definitely expect kind of pricing power pricing power to to stay. Yeah, and you know, I think I know IHG in particular talk a lot about. Um, you know, their revenue management systems and um, the pricing discipline that they have that they didn't have in 08, 09. And, you know, we, you know, I think that's how we really saw the OTAs gain a lot of share in the last recession. But this time around, I think the hotel brands are a lot more prepared and have, um, you know, they've really, they've really got an arsenal of all these tools and all this tech um, to, to make sure that, you know, they can stay competitive. Um, and yeah, I, I, I would agree. Pricing power is here to stay. Yeah, that's interesting. CFP Research has also recently produced a report about the the online travel agency's share versus the uh, the hotels. It's a very interesting dynamic, um, and that's fascinating about luxury pranavi. I hadn't caught that uh, as a, it's another great point. Maybe we'll get we're, we're we're coming up at around twenty minutes now. Maybe we'll we'll close maybe on the one of the key metrics that um, sort of jumped out at me, and I think you mentioned it earlier, which is. Um, you know, the hotel development pipelines, um, many investment analysts watch a metric called net unit growth. Um, it's in an asset light model, usually the marginal cost of adding a property um, is small relative to the, the amount of fee you will get from the management or franchise contract. So every extra hotel you add to your network is usually a marginal gain. So analysts are very interested in net user growth, but um, uh, for the companies, you, you you said earlier, you know, the trend is going upward, but they are still below their historical averages. Um, and looking broadly at the industry, um, lodging econometrics, uh, consultancy, they say the construction remains about 25% below the long-term average. So what, what stood out for you on this topic, Pranavi? Yeah, unit growth is obviously a key performance indicator, and it's been a really important metric to follow, you know, given the cost inflation that we've seen last year and now kind of rising interest rates. Um, so, yeah, definitely look at, look at unit growth. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree with lodging econometrics and, and SCR data as well kind of shows that, um, Yes, global pipeline levels across the industry are not fully recovered to pre-COVID levels. But if you look at just the branded portion of the pipeline, um, you can see that um, um, branded share of pipeline has increased every quarter. Um, and, you know, I kind of mentioned this before, we're seeing that flight to safety, flight to quality, um, conversion activity has really helped that. Um, so the hotels that are being built are the branded ones, are the safe ones, um, which are able to get the financing and, um, you know, um, you know, conversion activities has also has also contributed to that. Um, and then if you look at the guidance that these companies have given at 20, sorry, in 2022 results, um, is that they all expect net unit growth for full year 2023 to accelerate versus full year 2022. And I think that's, um, yeah, I think that's pretty indicative of where they see kind of um, the development pipeline. You know, they 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 see, they're seeing strong development and 
yeah, it's going to stay it's going to stay resilient um and conversions is a, is a key is a key aspect um of that and i think um you know an example here is definitely the recent flurry of soft brands that we've seen that have been launched in the last kind of couple of years. Most recently, um, you've had Spark, uh, which is in the mid-scale segment that's been launched by Hilton, um, handwritten collection by a core also in mid-scale kind of premium economy. Um, and then last year, we saw a core lo- launch emblem, which is a conversion brand in luxury and um, IHG with vignette. Um, so yeah, we're seeing we're seeing a lot of investment in soft brands and conversion, conver- kind of conversion friendly brands, and you know conversions are a quick way to get numbers into the system. And at Q4, Hilton CEO said that he expects Spark will be the biggest brand by the number of units kind of in 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 the next in the next few years. So yeah, though there is softness in hotel development across the industry, um, the projects that are being built that is being skewed to the big brands. Which are gaining share of the pipelines and um, have guided to an acceleration and you know growth in, into 2023. I, I wish the analysts on the investment calls had asked some tougher questions about both the collections and about Spark. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, uh, you know I, because I think the collections may not collect as much fee income. Yes, as a, and I think the. Moving down the scale, while there's more opportunity, I'm also still not entirely clear what the, you know, for lack of a better word, what the actual marginal increase per property is compared to like a traditional um, expansion of like a, say, a a traditional Hilton is or a traditional Hyatt. So, um, yeah, I I guess I I would just on that, I would just say that I had the same question, you know, going into mid scale, would you would think it would be dilutive to RevPAR? but it's also, you know, mid-scale hotels offer offer higher margins and ha- higher return to owners and are quicker to, to build, quicker to enter into the system. Um, and they are underpenetrated in the US. Um, you know, upscale, upper mid, uh, upscale, upper upscale, those brands, you know, the brands have like 90% share of that market. But if you look at luxury and mid-scale, those are where the white space opportunities are. And that's really where we're seeing um, companies kind of expand into. Um, but yeah, I agree. I agree. Why would you launch, you know, what is what is going to be the impact on kind of system-wide rev pass since it will be diluted? Um, no, mm-hmm. completely, completely agree with that. And and like the US, as you mentioned, you know, the cha- it, it is it, the branding has been so extensive, maybe two thirds of the market overall across the chain scale are already branded. So there's a lot of consolidation. So in ter- and a lot of the best properties are sort of prime real estate is taken, so to speak. So you're kind of stealing share back and forth from each other. Mm. And so you might have to go abroad as a lot of the US based uh, 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 Western European based companies, uh, maybe looking at India and China for growth. Um, and my colleague Alan Boinsky of Daily Lodging Report, um, he's mentioned to us that he expects to see more mergers and acquisitions as a tool for uh, filling in the gaps and, and, and driving that pipeline growth um, more, especially in the second half of the year. Um, yeah, definitely. I think the opportunities now lie in the East for sure. Um, you know, within the brands, a core IHG Hyatt. They're probably the most established brands in Asia. And, you know, they have been there for decades. So there is some brand recognition. Um, But yeah, in terms of kind of the question between 
um, acquisition versus kind of a soft brand. Um, you know, when Marriott launched, uh, uh, um, did a did a kind of acquisition of City Express in in Latin America. Um, they they acquired that instead of kind of soft 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 launching a brand. So so you know there is a question between. Um, between M and A and and not using M and A um, when you could launch a conversion brand, um, but yeah, to your point, it goes to show that um, perhaps in order to expand into non US markets, they will have to use some M and A money. There will be, you know, they will have to use some key money in order to 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 make to make a to 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 make a foot, foothold in those in those brands. Um, um, but yeah, like I said, um, it kind of speaks about how Hilton has launched Spark that is within the US market, um, but in mid-scale, which is less branded than upscale. Um, so, you know, all these companies are kind of looking for that white space opportunity. Um, smaller companies like Hilton and Hyatt have more white space opportunity than the bigger brands like Marriott. Um, but I agree, it's definitely harder to launch a new brand in China, for example, versus trying to get hotels to join an existing conversion brand which has been um, rolled out globally. So yeah, we so we might see some M&A activity um, in these kind of harder markets for sure. Cool. Well, Pranavi, let's maybe sum up what we've covered. I think from you on the research side at Skift and from me on the editorial side at Skift, we, we agree it's been a positive earning season, much better than might have expected from like last October. Um, all the major companies are seeing demand for travel staying resilient. Uh, and Pranavi, you pointed out in particular that Hilton and IHG uh, saw that business transient demand has fully recovered in the U.S. And you had pointed out that that's good news because uh, it may dispel fears that there would be a permanent impairment to business demand after the pandemic uh, had been one of the big open questions. Um, and as far as the 2023 outlook goes, uh, it looks like it's very optimistic. Um, and uh, I, I the the interest of you have to really look at the picture. One point that I'm taking away from your conversation, Pranavi, is that you have to really dig in deeper into the chain scales. Uh, you've pointed out, for example, that Hyatt's you know luxury and resort room count is in, in the luxury and resort sector is now larger than the entire Hyatt portfolio a decade mm. ago. There's been and which brands and which hotel groups are exposed to the segments that are going to benefit the most uh, in the next year or two. Uh, that's going to be reflected in earnings. And our next earnings season will be around the last week of April and the first week of May. Um, in the meantime, Pranavi, I'm looking forward to seeing you in London for the Skip yes. Future of Lodging event on the 29th of March. Um, I'll be interviewing the CEO, CFO of Aquar and the Chief Commercial Officer of Hilton. And I believe, Pranavi, you'll be giving a presentation and interviewing some of the industry leaders on stage. Yes, yeah, very much looking forward um, to the Future of Lodging event. Um, yeah, I think I'll be moderating a panel which will be discussing the big bets and the big investments in lodging. So that should be super interesting. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, it'll be it'll be great to see you then and to meet you then because I haven't actually met you yet because yes, it's fully remote. So I, yeah, I really look <laughs> I really look forward to that. Um, yeah, just I'd like to thank everyone for listening to today's special edition of the Skip Podcast. This has been the Skift Podcast. Thank you for listening.